and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is a show that takes a deep dive in the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and of course we're continuing our series, our look at the G.I. Joe miniseries, Arise, Serpento Arise, and we've made it folks, we're here, we've made it to part five, the final part of this confrontation between G.I. Joe and Cobra and the new Cobra Emperor Serpentor. But before we get into that, I gotta let you know that, guys, it's our two-year anniversary. We we launched the podcast two years ago. We're still going strong. We're here to keep the content coming for you guys. Of course, we're on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Everything you can find Geek World Order there. Look up Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast on Facebook. Of course, subscribe to us on all the major podcast providers. And leave the comment, the rating, the review, all that good stuff. Help the podcast grow. All right, guys, let's get into this episode. All right, so we open up on the Terror Drome in Cobra Island. And the Dreadnoughts are walking around all willy-nilly. They're bragging about that Joe Tomahawk they shot down. Even so far is going to say, you know, what what do they need with Zartan and his baby brother and sister for? They're feeling good. They think the Joes are dead. Well, they go to open a door, and who do they find? That's right, it's the rescue team. The Joes they thought they'd gotten rid of. Well, they make very, very quick work. Knock the dreadnoughts to the ground. And Lifeline just surveys the scene. He's like, Lowlight, don't you think there's a better solution to violence? You know, this better... Yeah. Don't you think there's a better way to settle disputes than with violence? Lifeline, or Lowlight, he's knocked Torch to the ground. He's, he, pull, he just lifts up his weapon. He goes, yeah, Lifeline, it's called a gun. So they continue forward. They find a communications chamber. And it is very heavily guarded. So we cut down to the the labyrinth of Dr. Mindbender's lab. Serpentor is going on and on about how he must rule. And the Sarge begins to fight. They catch each other. They fight. But... Sarge gets knocked down fairly quick. And even Serpentor's like, is this the best they have to offer? And the various Cobras who aren't Cobra Commander, you know, they're just, you know, singing platitudes, raising their fists, hailing Serpentor. But now, our Cobra leader, he's still just kind of wrapped in the shroud that was, you know, covering the protoplasm that created his body. Now he needs suitable raiment. So Dr. Mindbender provides him with his uniform. Oh, the uniform. The gold and green snake theme. An ornate, elaborate snake headpiece. The air chariot, which has a giant molded cobra on the front of it. Yeah, 
Anyway, Cobra Commander comes up to Serpentor. He's letting him know how things gonna work. And that, you know, he's just gonna be a figurehead for Cobra, making the fancy speeches. Really ain't gonna have to do any work. Cobra Commander's gonna make all the decisions. Well, Serpentor is not so happy with this. He just straight up backhands Cobra Commander, who just gets knocked against a wall. He's like, um, you can start by deciding where you want to be buried. So Serpentor knows that he will not be negotiating with Cobra Commander. Tomax and Zamot. They pick the good commander up and they carrying him away. And they tell him he should probably shut up before Serpentor gets really angry. Wait, really angry? I think he's he's not even that angry right now. Whoo, this is gonna this is gonna turn into fun, isn't it? So Sergeant Slaughter, he's backed up against the wall and put in the chains. And once again, very quickly awakens up. And he's telling Cobra, but Serpentor is telling Cobra that he's been created with all he needs to know. And in his essence, his very core, he commands, they obey. Slaughter is having nothing with this. Not really having any luck breaking out of his chains, though. But in the um, hurl of insults, Serpentor just kind of reminds him that, um, yes, you do remember that my first act as a sentient being was knocking you unconscious. Ah, beginner's luck. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Serpentor just gives him a good backhand at this point. And once again... The Sarge insults Serpentor, who at this point has now lost it. Serpentor grabs a gun, hits the bonds that are keeping Sarge attached to the wall, and they begin to fight again. So, Destro is very quickly noting that with the uh, missing Sun Tzu's DNA from the genetic matrix... Uh, Serpentor does not have a great deal of patience. Yeah. This is going to be a trend here, folks. <clears throat> so, Dr. Mindbender orders that the Sarge be destroyed. But no. <clears throat> Serpentor gets back up to his feet after being knocked down by the Sarge. He's like, no, no. This one is mine. And he just grabs Destro, Mindbender, clangs their heads together, and just tosses them away like garbage. <sighs> and Sir Mindbender lands at the feet of Cobra Commander. He he goes to get up. He's like, "No, no, no, Mindbender, just just you you just stay down there. Listen." If this new creation of yours is a wimp, well, we may as well figure this one out now. 
and then promptly cheers for for the Sarge to kick Serpentor's fangs in. They knock each other again, and they continue their fight, heading towards the outside. Dr. Mindbender gives chase, stating that this is not a fight we're going to want to miss. We run into Zarana and Xandar. They're walking with Zartan, and, well, things have gotten just a little dull. And, of course, in our lovely trope machine of things that happen, of course, when someone complains of boredom, oh, look, Sergeant Slaughter just barrels through the wall with Sarpentor in trail, and they all get knocked down. Uh, and as Zartan and his siblings get up, they are once again knocked down by Destro and Mindbender and several Crimson Guards who are chasing this fight. And Cobra Commander, he's just strolling along. He's just got to, you know, he's just singing to himself. Not a care in the world, folks. Cobra Commander is just happily going about his day. So we cut to that command center that our other Joes had found earlier. We've got a televiper looking at a console. And for some reason, he's noticed an enemy presence in the control room. But there's no one there. All he sees is a console moving. He's like, um, wait, where are you going? Perhaps thinking another televiper was working on it. But from behind the, but once the televiper asks that question, he's responding with, right down your throat, maggot. And Beachhead is hurling towards him, fists ablazing. After Beachhead connects with that televiper, the console rips apart. We have Leatherneck, Lowlight, and Wetsuit attacking. And from the corridor, we get mainframe dial tone and iceberg entering in with guns blazing. But they're all quickly interrupted as the control room panel wall is destroyed. And the sergeant and Serpentor enter the room as well. And they're continuing their fight. Everyone is... Both sides. Joe, Cobra. They're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Uh, so we get cheers from both sides. For their respective... And, you know, for their, for their prospective sides... The Vipers learn about their new Emperor and who he is. And then we just get some weird animation errors here. Uh, we see the likes of Airtight, Alpine, Blowtorch, Bazooka, Wild Bill just randomly drawn into the background of this fight. Yeah, apparently the animators must not have got the note there. <clears throat> but anyway. They fight. And just from the, you know, from the the chatter, and so how quickly that the Cobra troops address Serpentor. Uh, Serpentor is in his high and mighty mode of, you know, I am worshipped for the monarch that I am. And Slaughter just chucks him and is like, yeah, big deal. So, those two are continuing to fight, and we go off and we see Scrap Iron. He's found Cobra Commander, who is attaching a head to one of the bats. 
He's like, he tells the androids to go and destroy both Serpentor and Slaughter. But Scrap Iron's like, um, no. Pulls out a gun. Because, you know, everyone has to betray Cobra Commander. Although Scrap Iron did already betray him in the last part because he got a big old sack of money from Dr. Mindbender. Oh, hey, Cobra Commander pulls out the same... Oh, he pulls the same trick. He gives Scrap Iron a bigger bag of money. So he's like, uh-huh. Uh, you were saying Scrap Iron? Oh, oh, um, bats attack. So yeah, Scrap Iron orders the bats to attack. Because, you know, loyalties change so quickly within the Cobra organization. Listen, man, money talks, people. So, we cut back to the fight. Serpentor has knocked down the Sarge this time. And he picks up a pipe from the ground. And he's going to beat the Sarge with it. Well, luckily for the Sarge, Wetsuit and Leatherneck shoves Serpentor, who goes face first into a monitor. So, pretty much at this point, the Cobra troops draw their weapons and march towards the Joes. But before the full fight can erupt between both sides, though another wall is smashed down in this control room and the bats come pouring in. Ooh, we've got a little bit of attention here, folks. And you know what happens when we have tension in our 80s cartoons. That's right, folks. We're going to have to go to a commercial break. So we'll do that right now. And uh, oh, we'll be back in just a moment. Return after these messages. Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Invert switchblade to jet mode. Surprise, Matt Tracker. It's mayhem. Battle station, protected decoder, Bruce. I'm going up. Stacks, ready to fire. Mask, switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino. Fire! Each sold separately with action figure. Cover me, Matt. 10-4. Sato's getting away. But you're not mayhem. Masks, Switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino, each sold separately, new from Kenner. Why is Captain Crunch a hero? It all started with Squish, the Sockmaster. Sock them. The Milky Way was on its way to sock everything. Could nothing resist? Captain Crunch cereal took a direct hit. Still crunchy, still sweet, still delicious. But could a shield of Captain Crunch cereal really beat the Soggies? Oh, crunchy. We're afraid on those soggies. Captain Crunch cereal is a delicious part of this bell's breakfast. It's time to brush your inner rush, because brushing's such a chore. But the new Crest Puff will make you jump. It's like you've never brushed before. Mm. Alright, and we are back. So as the Battle Android Troopers come in and attack everyone on both sides, the fight erupts. Our heroes manage to get a bit of an upper hand. Beachhead orders the orders the other Joes to shoot the guidance systems out of the bats, which works. 
they they distract enough that our, the, our Joes are able to escape. We cut back to Joe headquarters. Hawk is explaining Cobra's moves, and based on the evidence they have, they'll be able to create an unbeatable army of of Cobra's super soldiers using the strategic genius of the military leaders. Flint is quick to point out that Hawk is only talking about a computer simulation, you know? There really can't be any chance that Cobra's actually made a super soldier. Well, <clears throat> right at that moment, the Sarge comes in and he's like, it's 100%. They've explained that they found what's going. And it was not it was not an army they created. It was one soldier. A new Cobra Emperor. Beachhead. Explains Serpentor. And he's smart, strong, savvy, uglier than sin, and meaner than a junkyard dog. To which both Mutt and Junkyard begin to growl at Beachhead. He's like, uh, no offense, Mutt. So, also of note in this scene, Bazooka is among the random Joes drawn into the fight scene that shouldn't have been there from part four. And then he's shown in the gathering of in the Joes war room, their audience. But then is also shown with the party that walks in of Slaughter and Beachhead and just right there. Good old uh, animation error. Yeah. So we cut back to the Cobra Terror Drill. They are raising their fists and screaming, Where Serpentor leads, Cobra follows. He's rallied the troops. But he's got some questions. He's very curious. He, he's just like, um... Just does not the thought of G.I. Joe's just mere existence sicken you? Offend you? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, um, so what is it that's been keeping you from defeating them? So Tomax and Zamot, the Cobra Command, they just lift up the good commander and explains like, um, it's because of this guy. And um, if you've seen G.I. Joe the movie, there would be a very similar s scene to this that basically opens the movie. And they rail into Cobra Commander a lot harder in that one. So, Serpentor, in his infinite wisdom, decides that he's just going to go for the jugular first move out. He's going to invade Washington, D.C. We see a massive army of troops, Cobra vehicles just pouring out of the terror drome. And he's just like, do you see how easy this was, Cobra Commander? I, I command, they obey. The perfect fighting combination. So... Sir Cobra Commander frees himself from the twins for a moment. And he just looks at the our egomaniacal Serpentor. He's like, 
you know nothing of our strengths, weaknesses, or strategies. To which, once again, Serpentor just backhands Cobra Commander. He's like, do not hiss at your emperor. I was created with all that I need to know. I am omnipotent and omniscient. But even the twins are a little skeptical. <clears throat> it's like, eh, maybe you should resit reconsider. It, this, yeah, controlling U.S. territory, not exactly an easy thing. So he just picks the twins up and uh, chucks them away. Yeah, noticing a real pattern here, guys. That whole... Yeah, that whole lack of patience. Th this is going to be a problem, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. I can definitely see this being a problem. Always going to be a problem. I can just see it. So we cut back to the Joe headquarters. General Hawk is having a meeting with the command staff. Duke, Slaughter, Beachhead, Flint... No, well, it's been a little quiet. But it's time for G.I. Joe to go on the offensive and make a preemptive strike. But before they can do that, we get an alarm sounding. And Dial Tone informs us that Cobra, that Cobra has invaded Washington, D.C. We Serpentor comes over the channel. Which somehow he's found the same broadcast channels that Cobra Commander used to relay all of his diabolical messages. So Serpentor gets to have his own moment there. We see a team of Strato Vipers flying overhead. Vipers parachuting to the ground. Breaking windows, climbing in. And they stage an all-out assault on the Capitol building. And very quickly, the capital falls. Scrap Iron comes in. He's looking for the president and the vice president. But the aide in charge states that, well, they're not in town. We cut over across town. Cobra Trouble Bubbles are providing cover fire. And the Baroness and Destro are fighting at the Pentagon. But they, there's just enough resistance that this is not easy for our Cobra troops. So Destro orders an airstrike. Once the Night Raven pilot lets Destro know that they're in range, Destro instructs him to use his gas weapons because they want to capture the Pentagon intact. Which smart move so they launch a couple of bombs from their night ravens and through through a few windows through a few skylights in the pentagon ceiling gas fills the, the area and of course the effects cause the inhabitants of the building to fall out and surrender we cut to the lincoln memorial fires burning and we see that Serpentor has made himself a throne in the lap of President Lincoln. He's surrounded by Cobra troops. 
They raise their fists. And Serpentor simply states that this city is mine. And with those ominous words, we cut to a commercial break. Yep, that's right, folks. We'll be back in just a moment. continue with drawings. We will return after these messages. The story of Soft Batch. The cookies so soft, they taste like they're right from the oven. You know, Mom, some people call our Soft Batch cookies homemade. They're elf-made. Just because we elves make Soft Batch cookies soft and chewy, like cookies right from the oven and eight yummy flavors, there's no need to call them homemade. I'm sure folks meant it as a compliment. Keebler Soft Batch Cookies. Oatmeal raisins, sugar, peanut butter, and chocolate chip. So soft, they taste like they're right from the oven. Ryan, got your new cereal. How's it look, Duke? All clear. Go for it. Hit it! Introducing G.I. Joe Action Stars brand cereal, a delicious part of this complete breakfast. Crunchy stars that taste great. So, for all you action stars... Bye, Mom! G.I. Joe Action Stars! All right. And we are back. So we cut back to the Lincoln Memorial where Serpentor has made his throne. They are bringing up, they are being brought up members of the Congress. And Serpentor orders that G.I. Joe and the President be surrendered or he'll begin burning the country to the ground. At gunpoint, they surrender and say that they'll make the necessary preparations. Serpentor gloats. He's like, you see how easy this was? Now begins the thousand-year rule of Cobra! And of course, the Cobra troops applaud. They raise their fists, pump, they fist pump, and shout, Serpentor! 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 We cut to the Washington Monument, Cobra Commander is still bound in chains. And he is going off on Serpentor, telling him that conquering the U.S. and holding that territory is near impossible. Because, well, believe him, he's tried. And he has failed miserably. At that moment, Attila Viper walks into the room, hands Serpentor a paper, and it's a readout stating that the president has agreed to meet with him. So we cut to the Lincoln Memorial. The president and his entourage are brought up to Serpentor, who tells him to kneel. And the president says, As you wish. As you wish, my lady. 
And, well, the voice of the president seems a little familiar. But, as the president goes down, Serpentor realizes there's someone missing. He's like, G.I. Joe? Where's their representative? And the president's like, oh, G.I. Joe? They're right here! And we learn that the president is Hawk in disguise. He rips off a mask, shoots at Serpentor because he had a gun in the briefcase. And we see the other members of Congress. And they were also disguised G.I. Joes. Flint, Lady J, Sci-Fi, Duke, Low Light. So they shed their disguises and they're in the fight as well. Let me... Let me go back and state this again. One of the disguised senators was Sci-Fi. Who, when animated after ripping the disguise off, is wearing his full helmet. Okay? Someone please tell me how they hid that helmet under a prosthetic mask. No explanations. So, Serpentor decides he needs to get reinforcements from the airfield. At at that point, we see the Cobra troops rushing to their vehicles. But before they can do that, Lola or Leatherneck orders an attack on the stuns to take out the Cobra firepower. So himself, wetsuit and low light, they make quick work of the Cobra stuns. So that's an avenue of attack they don't have. Dr. Mindbender orders a bat attack. But at this point, we've kind of figured out the bats. Beachhead goes, grabs a bazooka that's just laying on the ground and just one shot straight through the whole line of bats. Yeah, we the, the bats have already become useless within five episodes. So yeah. So they all fall down. Mindbender retreats. And he runs into Cobra Commander. He's like, and Cobra Commander's like, um, yeah, you kind of need me. He's like, why? Because, well, listen, my mender, you need every person you can get here. And, uh, I know how to fire a gun. (laughs) He's like, um, for once, Cobra Commander, you are right. So, he shoots the he shoots the handcuffs away and they make their escape. The Joe forces are trying to make their way in and Lift Ticket and several is leading a squadron of tomahawks. They're pulling in some havocs, the triple T. Well, and they need to make their delivery. Luckily, Slipstream and his conquest pilots are there. And luckily, the cargo is delivered. Sergeant Slaughter, cross country, and their assortment of vehicles. Well, they run into the Dreadnoughts who have joined the fight. Well, not for very long, because uh, between the Sergeant cross country, they shoot at the Dreadnoughts motorcycles. They take a few shots at the Thunder Machine. Thrasher just decides to book it. 
And the other dreadnoughts are like, Thrasher, you bloody dingo! Don't leave us! <laughs> so Zorana notices that they are running away. And as the Joes turn their attention to the dreadnoughts, <coughs> Zartan decides, you know what? Actually, they've kind of got the right idea. We'll just let, eh, we'll let them do the fighting. So they completely run away. And here is where we begin to see some uh, issues with Cobra's plan. As Slipstream and the Conquest Jets are flying, they're being chased by Night Ravens. Well, they were being chased by Night Ravens. But slowly, one by one, the Night Ravens begin dropping as they're running out of fuel. And which leads our team over the Potomac River, where they see a squadron of Cobra Mores. And Serpentor, believing that to be a viable escape route, decides that's where he's going to bring the troops. Well, you know. It would be a good plan, but as Slipstream is radioing in the side of the Cobra Mores in the Potomac River, Shipwreck comes in, and he's leading a squadron of devilfish. And, well, they make very quick work of the mores. I was like, Serpentor arrives, sees that the mores are destroyed. So, he decides they'll make their stand at the Jefferson Memorial. Hawk and the Joes are very quickly moving them into where they want. Cobra's retreating. Mindbender's like, we must, we must get you out of here. Serpentor is still very proud, and he's thumping his chest, like, only temporarily, for I am Serpentor. So the Cobra troops make it to the last fully-fueled Night Raven, which will take them far, far away from here in cruel, utter defeat. <coughs> The Joes are almost there. But all of a sudden, a wall of fire erupts and blocks the Joes from and separates them from the Night Raven that's about to take the Cobra troops away. Serpentor asks, for, asks to see the brave Viper who saved his life so that he may reward him. Cobra Commander steps out and, uh, with a great one-liner. Funny how you never know who your friends are, isn't it? So Serpentor orders the Cobra the Cobra higher ups into the Night Raven. He's like, "I'll I'll deal with this." He grabs Cobra Commander. He's like, "No, no, no! Please take me with you." He's like, "Um, I don't re I really don't need you." He's like, "Uh, yeah, you do." Once your loyal troops find out how imperfect you are, you're going to need me for a scapegoat. For once, Cobra Commander, you're right. Get in. So they climb aboard the Night Raven, and they escape. The Joes survey the fields, and they round up the remaining Cobra troops. We cut to a building... And Hawk and his team, they're surveying. And it looks pretty grim. 
they've definitely survived, but it ain't looking pretty. But now they know that Serpentor is a dangerous threat, and his troops will follow him very, very blindly. Sergeant Slaughter grabs the flag, <coughs> plants it, and salutes it, stating the price of liberty is always eternal vigilance. We get a rousing yo-jo, and the episode ends. So that was Arise, Serpentor Arise. And I, I love this series, dude. Yeah, man, really ratchets up the the big episode feel. Because uh, normally all the big, uh, the five-parter Joe episodes usually have some form of globetrotting adventure, massive Cobra schemes that seem to pick apart the G.I. Joe unit and just really build that emotional tension, really get the going. Dude, I love this miniseries. Uh, honestly, it's one of my favorite episodes. Just the sci-fi elements to it with the with the DNA, the creation of Serpentor. Uh, it, it's definitely more of a move into the sci-fi realm that G.I. Joe slowly kind of went through as it went from the, the first miniseries to the end. Bringing in just more insane and more insane plot points and... Oh, and there's still some crazy things that happen in season two. But this particular episode was one that I always loved. I just loved how this series went down. So many great characters introduced in this season, in this miniseries that go throughout season two, become stalwarts of the series. And just, oh man, I love this episode. And thank you guys for listening to me talk about these episodes. I've enjoyed this this run here. And thank you for sticking around with the podcast for the last two years, folks. Really means a lot to me. Gonna keep coming out with more episodes for you. And we're gonna there are so many more eighties cartoons, so many more episodes. And still still plan to bring in this podcast for years to come, folks. But uh, I think that'll do it for this episode, guys. Uh, thanks for following along. Hit us up on social media. Hit those likes. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit hit those reviews. Hit those star ratings. Hit those heart reacts. And I'll see you next time.